A survey by Springboard Communications shows that 77% of Irish workers say their company's internal communications need to be improved. And while 71% say the volume of communication from their employer has increased since the pandemic began, almost a third of workers think the information isn't useful. My name is Stephen Norton and you are very welcome to the Good Boss Bad Boss podcast episode 23. The winter has really started to take a bite but the daffodils are shooting up from the ground which is a good sign that brighter days are ahead. I've had quite a busy month working with businesses and universities and sports teams on things like emotional intelligence, leadership and sales, unlocking potential and how to create personal development plans that matter. All virtual of course, it's amazing what we can achieve in the virtual world and I'm really grateful for the technology but I do crave that human connection that face to face gives. I think email has replaced a lot of office interactions and a lot of the time it's really not hitting the mark. It was while researching this that I stumbled upon a new study by Springboard Communications and I said to myself I gotta talk to these people. Susie Horgan has over 20 years experience in marketing and public relations and she is MD of Springboard Communications, an award-winning integrated communications agency. She was one of the PR gurus behind the Waterford Greenway campaign, which won awards back in 2018. And she was the Cork Businesswoman of the Year in 2017. And if that wasn't enough, she is a champion show jumper too. Earlier this week, I met Susie virtually to talk about the challenge of communicating in pandemic times. So put the walking shoes on, the earphones in and enjoy this episode. Susie Horgan, you're very welcome to the Good Boss, Bad Boss podcast. This is episode 23. We're here to talk about all things communication. So you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me. So before we get into the findings of your survey, which I found very interesting, I'd like to know a little bit more about you and how you get to the to the stage where you're you're enlightening the world about all things communication in this environment that we find ourselves the virtual world and the communications in the virtual world how did you land in this position so um springboard communications is the name of the company we actually just rebranded just before christmas um it was pr and marketing and it's nearly 10 years in operation now and my background is all communications so um i've been in communications 20 plus years, giving away too much there, but, um, (laughs) and I worked in agency in Dublin for a number of years. um, And how I ended up getting into PR, actually, uh, my my degree, my background isn't PR. I have a a sociology and psychology, actually, and then uh, postgrad in business. But um, PR for me was, I was very into sport, very into show jumping, which is a sport that's, you compete against guys. So yeah. I don't know if that's the only sport in the world in which you do that. But and I was fortunate to have a, a fantastic time in my teens and um, late teens, starting my 20s, um, show jumping. And um, I got to a fairly good level of it where I got to travel um, mm-hmm. overseas. And um, I went to the UK um, and was jumping at a, a competition over there and I knocked the first fence. And that was it. It was over. I cleared the rest of the round, gutting. But I only had one horse of that caliber. And I realized very quickly, okay, I either get myself a sponsor or this isn't going to happen. And I suppose maybe it was, you know, I I was good. Was I great? No. So I realized maybe I'll go the other side of the fence and actually work on the sponsorship side. So that's actually why I went into PR. 
That's I went fascinating. into PR to work in sportsmanship. I've never worked a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I was put on a team in financial and corporate and it just kind of, you know, in those days, you just kind of were like, oh, thank God, I have a job. I'm not going to say anything. Like, yeah. If you want to put me on that team, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, and I've touched on it in my career, but never really worked in sponsorships. So, yeah, that's how I actually ended up in PR. So through through horses, through horses, yeah, kind um, of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, sociology and psychology and business. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from what did you actually need? So to get that first job, what did they see in you that they say, actually, you'd probably be able to to do what we do without necessarily having a, a specific background in it? I think, well, I think the world has really changed now. Um, you know, um, back then, I think people were very open and maybe they are still now, maybe I'm casting expressions, but they're very open to you just having a solid education, you know, no matter what it was in. And I do, well, I think that does still exist. Um, P- there were masters in PR at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't that sure to do the masters. It wasn't until I was doing the postgrad and I was lucky it was in Smurfit. Um, it was a great year, I learned an awful lot. And I suppose they probably saw that as a good foundation, I'd imagine. Um, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting point you make. Maybe people don't do that. You know, I do get to look at a lot of job ads and CVs and, you know, there's a list of things people require. And I, I often look at some jobs and I kind of go, how the how the heck are they going to find that person? Because that person just seems um, that's incredible. They've they've <laughs> lived a life and yet they want them to be 30 as well. So, you know, we need yeah. you to have a 40 year career under the age of 30. <laughs> and I just think that's, <laughs> you know, it, it, they set the ad up as impossible. But I, I like what you're saying there that actually, you know, maybe looking at the person and taking a punt on them is a better way and you can develop the person a little bit better in the yeah. job as well. Mm, I think, yeah, it does depend on the role. But yeah, um, I did have, I did do a summer working in the Cork Film Festival, writing press releases for them right. before I went for the job. Um, and I um, I remember distinctly, again, giving away my age, it was pre-Google or anything else. So I was sitting in the Cork Opera House where the film festival was run out of at the time and mm. I was asked to write a press release. And I was like, why do they think I know how to write a press release? <laughs> I couldn't Google how to write one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I had to write a press release. God knows what that press release read like, I'd say appalling. But um, it was, you know, I suppose I had shown an interest in the area. I think that's really important if you have an app, you know, have an appetite and show an appetite. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's that helps me as well, potentially. Passion, passion definitely comes first. Also, the can-do attitude. So, uh, you know, there's something about somebody who's willing to put themselves on a on an animal and launch themselves six feet in the air. <laughs> I, th- I think there might be a correlation in risk taking as well. Do you do you think that you are a risk taker? Um, am I a risk taker? I actually would say no, but then I suppose I did start my own business. Um, was that maybe a touch of naivety? I don't know. <laughs> um. Would I say I gallop towards risk, pardon the pun? I don't think so. I think I, I would be quite measured in my risk taking, but I definitely like to strive to the next thing rather than be a risk taker. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I like to push myself on. Yeah, yeah. And you did start your own business, which is, yeah, definitely is a risk. When did you start your own business? So I was on my own for a while. Um, 
I, I, I went out my own uh, when I had, I had a small girl at the time. She was maybe one or two. Um, and I, believe it or not, part of me, although I don't really truly believe this was true, I went out my own. I tell myself to have more time with my kids. Um, but, um, you know, Sorry, I'm laughing because this. your own business doesn't give you more time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean by the naivety. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of told myself that, but I, I think I just really wanted the challenge. Um, so I started working. I'm trying to remember dates now when I started as a consultant, probably 2000 and. 10 maybe 2009 2009 maybe so that right, kind of time at, at, right a, at a real of, yeah a real high point for the economy i would have thought yeah. <laughs> so this was the point. bust this yeah. is the financial crash had just hit and you said this is the time to go out on my own yeah so tell me I how think, you're not a yeah. risk taker <laughs> <laughs> i know um it was uh, i was fortunate i did get some nice clients um but for me i was doing a part-time you know i wasn't um I, I wasn't looking to set the world on fire i really wasn't um but i suppose i'm i am very competitive so it was that wanting to yeah strive forward i was you know that naturally is in me just made me push forward and build a business in the end one thing i've, it, it, I've definitely noticed and i've had a, a lot of uh, female colleagues and female bosses is if if you want to get something done give it to a woman who's had a baby and who's studying and building okay. houses and do, you name it they it's kind of like they cram everything into that period of time it's like to get super productive i know it's so true it's necessity necessity yeah. i think um and it's probably a bit of that you know good old-fashioned you know mother's guilt of oh god i better you know i better spend i need to spend more time with my you know daughter son whatever yeah. um so you you make sure you can by getting just being super productive but i mean there are things you sacrifice for it you know you don't get enough you know i'd always be conscious of with um and i've learned this in my career but i suppose i'd always be conscious with new new parents in general just make sure they have time for themselves because it's so important people mm. are inclined to sacrifice that i think sometimes to get everything done yeah they do absolutely so when you started out you you're you're on your own you've got a few clients what what were those clients asking you to do you know because it is hard when you're a a, a solo printer oh yeah yeah to actually land a client because you know everybody yeah. wants oh well we want the big the big kind of company with the brand name so what were you doing for the the clients at the start it was a lot of contacts that i had um and is i i did start actually um the idea behind the business originally was that I'd be an outsourced marketing person. Right. So mark comms, I suppose you'd say marketing communications, you know, as there's different facets to marketing. But I had a background in PR. I went in-house and worked in brand. And then I, you know, worked in kind of mar marketing communications in-house as well. So I wasn't a straight PR person. Yeah. So for me, I thought, OK, well, there's an opportunity here, you know, we're in a recession, people aren't going to be able to take people on in-house, I could be a consultant for them. And that's yeah. where I started. But I suppose the challenge with that is, um, you know, you're limited in what you can offer the client because you just become a conduit for other suppliers, really, rather than supplying yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started getting more media relations work and naturally kind of going back into that space. So that's where I... Um, 
that's yeah, that's where I ended up growing the business um, very much around PR. And at the time as well, even though my background was corporate, I noticed there was an opportunity in the arts and events and festivals. Okay. Yeah. So we very much um, focused on that area in the first couple of years and have worked on amazing festivals and events and with fantastic clients, you know, and things that I never thought I'd get to work on because I had come from such a corporate background. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was. And obviously the team I have now is much more diverse than my background. So um, that that obviously helps. But um, it's, it's one, yeah. of the, one of the beauties of your having your own company and, and uh, being in charge of your own destiny somewhat. I'll say it's lim- limited, but is that the variety is there in what you can do, mm. you know, instead of just doing the same thing year in, year out, you end up getting to work on a, on things that you never thought you'd end up getting to work with. It, it Variety is one of the rewards, isn't it, of starting yeah, no, your own definitely. business? Yeah, definitely. And I have to say, you know, for me as well, I've been fortunate that I've worked with Leo's and um, the Rubicon and the CIT and in UCC just on mentoring startups. Mm. I love that. I mean, you know, I find that fascinating just watching the process of others, you know, growing or deciding to jump into yeah. uh, entrepreneurship. It's it's really, really fascinating. You started building a team around you then, obviously. Yes. What was the catalyst for that growth? And were, were you nervous when you started, you know, that first hire or partnership i i even think sometimes the first hire is it a hire i mean it's like getting married to somebody because it's such a big deal to, to yes, take on somebody yes. else and 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 yeah when i mean I, i've made you know mismatches definitely um it is very challenging when it's just you and another person very challenging um um you know uh and i probably started off by having someone who was more, you know, in earlier in their career, which is obviously very challenging for them because you're so far on in your career, you know, you're probably, you, you won't, without any, not intending to, you won't be able to nurture them as you possibly should, or a bigger organization would be able to, or maybe you micromanage them too much, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you know, trying to fit them to your mold. But um, no, I've been really lucky, actually. Um, I mean, I have uh, people with me now, God, seven years, I think, you know, mm. um, it was probably a few years even before I employed anyone because yeah. I, you know, I, I had another child quite, uh, there's two years between my daughters and I was trying to, you know, do the balancing act of both for a while. And I wanted to do that. Um, so it's probably in the last, I would say five years that I've really focused on the business, really yeah. wanted to drive it forward um and seeing the opportunity for growth um in the early days it you know i had a balance i've always had a balance between uh events tourism um uh the arts and then very much corporate mm. so um so there's been two facets really all the ways along and um and that has kind of stuck to this day to be honest um i mean i started in tech pr in the dot com bubble I don't know if you remember that. I do, um, I do. Yeah, yeah. So, in the, and, you know, that was a fascinating time to work at it. And every company, every other day of the week was going for IPO. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I, I do love that area, actually, the, the, the fast-moving, high-growth potential company and scaling with them. Um, 
But yeah, so that was a lot of the business we did at the start. And now as we've grown, you know, we're working with indigenous and multinationals. Mm. Um, and we've seen the opportunity to just, I suppose, because my background isn't ju- you know, straight PR, um, I've been able to see the opportunities in communications as a whole. Yes, yeah. I, I think PR is a bit of a mystery to most people, you know, which yes. is, you know, we kind of go, yeah, it's something that there thing. and people, I and know, they, and they all, my parents. they all seem to know each other. Yeah, that's a, the classic thing is like, what does she do? We don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really know. PR, we can spell it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and and it does seem a bit, a bit, um, you know, a bit out there and everybody in the PR world seems to know each other. That's another thing I've noticed about PR is it's like, wow, you know, you must get a, a a number and a tattoo, you know, something like that. Um, but communications makes a lot more sense because this is how we are moving messages around. That's basically it. You know, what 100%. is the message you want and how are we moving it? And whether that's internally or externally or, or whoever, I can get that. The PR thing seems more um, Hogwarts to me. <laughs> yeah, PR is public relations it is communicating to your different publics to make a very simplistic definition of it but um a lot of people think pr is just media relations it is not yeah it's about all your stakeholders so in the truest sense it is communications to all your stakeholders um but i do think the word communications people understand and can you know it, it, as you say 100 percent you know, what companies do a lot of the time, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but they, they look at the external forensically, you know, what are mm. our buyer personas? How are we going to target them? What platforms are they on? You know, et cetera, et cetera. But do we always give the same due diligence to our internal comms? Yeah, yeah. And that, that yeah, no, we will get it. We will get on to talking about that. In in, in terms of that's you just mentioned, a, you know, buyer personas, there's also PR and marketing always seem to go together, but PR and marketing don't always work together as well. That's another thing I've noticed that if you mm. look at the public relations end of it, you know, the, the message, the corporate message versus the advertising message, mm. I sometimes see a disconnect in that. Is that a mistake a lot of companies make? I don't know if it's a mistake a lot of companies make. There's definitely mistakes made in that space. I mean, you know, every company should have a purpose and your purpose should ring true no matter what your communications is. So if yeah. there's, if you're seeing a vast disconnect, well, you'd want to question why that is, you mm. know. Um, yes, the corporate message can sometimes have to be, you know, uh, looking at the bigger picture and the marketing can sometimes be very product specific, for example. But it should still be in the tone of voice of the overall corporate message. Otherwise, yeah. it's disconnected from the purpose, I would say. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's I think it might seem obvious, but I think it is something that a lot a lot of companies actually um, they, they disconnect their their corporate persona and their message that they put out there. Just from what I've seen, you know what I mean? If, if you actually look at the newspaper and the business news, if you know, and then you look at their mm. ads and you kind of go that article about that company doesn't look like that ad at all you know that there's no there's yeah, no connect and i'm kind of going mm, you know that the, the problem, values right? are, are are misaligned yeah. there you know if you're spotting that that would i would suggest without you know generalizing somewhat but it would sound like that's a problem but um you know it does obviously decide, depend on the size and scale of a company too because if they're a massive corporate 
they may have many facets to the business. I would still suggest that true. the purpose needs to be the same across the business for it to ring true. And I think now more so than ever, we are very, our awareness is so heightened in relation to what well, fake news, you know, yeah. we can't, we can't be sold a pop, you know, we have, yeah, it has yeah. to ring true. It has to be authentic. And if it's not authentic, well, people will, we're, we're savvy enough to now question it and go, yeah. ah, does that ring true to me? I don't know that that does. Yeah. One thing I noticed when I was on your website was you are a female-led, female-staffed company. Is there is there is there a, a fella in there at all, actually? I just wonder now. I'm getting into no, gender wars. Uh, <laughs> there is, but not not on the client side. Um, right. Is there is there a reason for that? No. Um, yeah. I suppose I am very aware that, you know, you hire yourself as people say. Yeah. Um, so I have always brought other people in for interviews for second round or whatever, just so I'm not, you know, yeah, yeah. Obviously I, there's no point in having a room full of me. Yeah. <laughs> I want, you know, you want diversity. You want people from different backgrounds and different viewpoints. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's just happened that way. It Do just you, happens that the candidates I've gotten are female. Like it would be fairly widely accepted that, females are more attuned in terms of communication and in terms of sensing, say, for instance, they can they can be, you know, better at reading social cues and, you know, picking up different uh, hidden messages, <laughs> the, the messages that are the, not the overt message. Do you think that in terms of PR and communications, that there is more women attracted to that role because they actually do have some innate talents to that uh to that role yeah maybe i'm not 100 percent sure yeah i is it traditionally that it was positioned that way is that the case today maybe i don't know um i think eq in generations below me is much higher than it would be in general in my generation really and above. Yeah. i think so in the majority yeah i think you know um, I think millennials would have, ha- in general, have a fairly high EQ. Um, okay. Well, the ones I've worked with or met. Um, and I'm sure Generation Z will be the same because, you know, their their perspective is so different to what ours was. I mean, I, we kind of grew up in a world of it was very much, please get a job, please get a job, please get a job. Whilst yeah. they do kind of also have had, to a degree, the opportunity to kind of go, well, what job would I actually like? Yeah. What would I like to do? What, you know, what would I like to get into? Where would I like to grow? Um, what company would I like to join? Mm. What kind of company would I like to join? I, I think it's, and I think they're, they're just their perspective is so different to us. But on the EQ side, I do think, um, you know, I think honesty, integrity, it's very personally important to me. And um, people I work with, it's very important to too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't say why more females have gone into communications traditionally. I, maybe it is the perception that mm. all women, you know, are uh, good at multitasking, you know? Yeah. So maybe it's that perception. I, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting what you say about millennials and Gen Z. The, the one thing I've noticed is the expectations have gone up as well, though, so that, yes, they they, they have more choice, but there's a there's an expectation especially if they are a go-getter 
you know, you know yes. if they're if they're not if they're not cruising through their twenty, it. yeah, cruising through their twenties, they're they're kind of like, well, well, you know, I didn't get promoted when in my first two years of working, so th- this company isn't for me. So they move on, and it's kind of like, well, there is a certain amount of experience you need to get before mm. that, and I do find they want to move very fast. Yeah, yeah, I think. I, I, yes, I mean, I'm obviously, you know, a micro company, so the, yeah. it's quite a flat, stru- it's a very flat structure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, for me, I was probably a slight bit of a pain when I was in my 20s. I was the one who went up to the boss and said, can I have another project? I'd love another project. Is there any interesting projects I could work on? Um, so I don't mind that. I, okay. I feel, yeah, it, that doesn't. I think you can manage that, you know what I mean? As in manage expectations in yeah. relation to, look, this is what we're trying to achieve here. I do think that the generations, you know, millennials, Gen Z, in my experience, like to be part of something, feel part of something. You know, the days of us all being cogs and machine are gone. Yeah. People want to feel part of something. I, th- I think as well, actually, in your line of work, it's not so much promotion as the opportunity to work on this gig is is nearly like a, a no, promotion. No, one hundred percent. You know, it's like exactly. oh, I I got to I got to lead out on this gig. Exactly. You know, so exactly. it's not rank in the same exactly. way. It's it's kind of like no. oh, I got this gig and I got this gig. That's pretty cool and adds to your CV and. Yeah, and and that's not for everyone though. You know, no. agency is definitely not for everyone. You do need to have a want and an appetite to learn because you have to learn a lot of things very quickly. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's definitely you'll start your week thinking you're doing X and you may end your week going, God, I did X, Y, Z and A, B, C. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you have to love that. Yeah. And in, and in terms of so the people that are coming into you now, what, what would they how would they describe your leadership? God, I hate casting, putting words in other people's mouth. How would they describe me? I would hope honest and trustworthy. Mm. Definitely. I'm definitely exacting, I you know. I, I, I like an attention to detail. Um, yeah. So I would say fair, but can be tough be the right word. I don't know. Fair, but I would say exacting. Like I, I do, you know, I've no problem if you say to me, I won't have that next week. But it really irks me when people say, I have you tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and goes and there's nothing. And no yeah. mention of it. That's, yeah. Yeah. I, God, I don't know. You'd have to ask them, Steve, when I'm married. Hopefully it'd be nice. <laughs> oh, this, this, this could be the this is your life moment where I go, well, they're actually here to tell us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here's what they actually said. <laughs> yeah. um, um, and what do you think are the attributes of a, of a good boss? Have, have you had good bosses in your in your career that you would say has shaped your idea of what good leadership looks like? Yes, I, I think so. I You know, I, I've had very different bosses. Um, for me people I've worked with, I've worked with a lot of companies that have scaled. So they may have been like 10 people and now they're hundreds and hundreds of people. And I've watched the leaders in those organization, organizations transition. Mm. Um, and I've seen some do it really well and some really struggle. Um, I suppose that's where you come in, Sue. But for me, um, and I, I harp on about it, but honesty is just vitally important. If you can't trust your leadership team, sure, you're you're just on the back foot immediately. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so honesty, integrity. I do think empathy is really important. And I think some leaders can really struggle with that. Um, I'm sure you'd know that yourself. 
and going back to EQ, you know, being yeah. able to be put yourself in other people's shoes. Yeah. And being empathetic to that, not always assuming, ah, sure, they're only saying that because they don't want to do it or, you know, yeah. trying to understand what's going on. And um, that's something I'm always, oh, I think we all have to always work on. Yeah. The, mm. I mean, there's, you know, decisiveness and all of those things obviously are good in a leader because you don't want a leader who's unsure as to what we're doing next. <laughs> that doesn't inspire confidence. So, you know, there's leadership within a company and then there's leadership within an industry as well. And um, the reason you came across my radar was the survey that you published recently. And in in the in the survey, uh, you showed that email is by far the most common form of communication. Mm. That, that sent a shiver down my spine, to be honest with you, because I was kind of going, oh my God. You know, the old thing of like everything is tone and people, people are poor at writing emails in general. Like, you know, you get the, you get the emails that are war and peace. You know, I, you know, my finger is tired from scrolling down and like, where is the message? That's one of the problems. And then the other one is the, the too short email, which is just, it seems so cold. And, and I'm, yeah. so, so if email is the most common form of communication and it's probably the most misinterpreted form of communication, yeah, are we lost? Yeah, no, I, there's definitely ho- a home for, for email, 100%. The challenge with email, you know, irrespective of the tone of voice and, you know, it limits you in so many other ways in, in relation to what content you can generate on it. But key to it as well is it's a monologue. Like yes. how many people are going to hit return, reply and say what they really think on an email? You're not going to. Mm. Um, or you're not going to open a dialogue and say, oh, I really like that idea, but could we do it on Wednesday? And, you know, it's just doesn't yeah. lend itself to any form of dialogue. And uh, it also goes into a busy inbox. I mean, many very, of us will get things busy. and yeah. you'll go, you'll get something and you'll go, oh, I definitely need to read that now. And you'll <laughs> flag it to read later. And you're like, jeepers, I still haven't read that two weeks later, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. unless you, there's an immediacy to it, you're not going to meet, especially as you say, if you're scrolling, 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 you're not going to read it. Well, I, I'm actually um, ruthless about my inbox. So I, if I have more than 10 items, I know that I've, I've gotten fallen behind. I don't do this triage and then come back to it later if I, if I can help it. But I, I work with leaders all of the time and they're getting 50 to 100 emails a day and nobody can keep on top of that. If it takes yeah. one minute to read each email properly, mm. you know, you you know, you're losing a quarter of your day reading emails. Mm. And by the way, I have had people say they get 200, 250 emails a day, a day. Yeah. I just think yeah. that's insane. You're not a human anymore. You're just actually a, an electronic a sorting office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, you could be losing half a day on email. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, I'd say that's massively common. I mean, you know, the amount people, especially now, think about it now, you know, if you're, we're all sitting at home, or majority of us are, and you're normally might walk around the office and go, hi, oh, could you, you, would you mind sending that on to me? Oh, you don't have it. Who has it? Do you know who has it? Oh, so-and-so. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it off then. Well, it's now that's six emails. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, you know, it, that ease of communication is gone. Um, so to wholly rely, I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but my emails have gone up unbelievably, and mainly amongst my team. Um, yeah. to me or whatever um, and obviously client emails um, and I do try and keep emails to an absolute minimum I try and put as much information without making them big long emails in an email without sending 
six separate emails, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's it, you are you're immediately competing on a grand scale from a communications point of view. Yeah. To cut through to make your content stand out in probably one of the busiest forms of communications there is out there. But but also if you're communicating massively through email, we're sending a mixed message to our staff. If you have a large staff, especially, it's like, be focused, be productive, stick mm-hmm. with it. Oh, by the way, I'll distract you about 50 times today, but still yeah. be focused and be productive, okay? And the bigger you are, the worse it is. I mean, I've heard of stories of, you know, people getting, you know, they might have work in a site of a large multinational here in Ireland and they, they're, they're, their senior leadership team here will send them an email on something. And then maybe EMEA will send an email on something. And then maybe the head office parent company will send an email. It could all be generally the same email about the same thing, but could have three different messages in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they haven't even discussed, you know, no one's actually gone. I'm, you know, there's no, even sometimes a content plan for internal comms. Yes, when are we sending yeah. what and who should actually send it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, which is mad. So what are you going to do? You're just going to tune out. And I, I do think sometimes that the the head office email sometimes undermines the um, the bond and clarity of a message coming from local management as well. You know, 100%, we kind of we yeah. always want to say we empower local management, but then they come in over the top of their head and kind of, you know, well, yeah. head office says this and that's it. And and then they don't educate local management as well about what the message really means so that when people have questions and kind of go, well, what did they mean in the email when said that? Oh, sure, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. You know, there's a, a, <laughs> a lack of connection in, in terms of that. Yeah. But but email, yeah. like people forget that email is a, is a, it's a modern problem. And I mean modern in the sense that email only, you know, it's, it's late 90s really when it got kicking off properly. Mm. And that's not mm. that long ago. And before there used to be generally two post runs, would you say, kind of in the in the office, you know, there'd, there'd be the morning post and the afternoon post. Oh, gosh, yeah. I remember, remember when that? I started, we used to have like contact sheets of photos and you'd have the little looky glass thing, you know. Oh, yes. And you'd be yeah, looking yeah. at the contact sheet to pick out. The, and this is the noughties, like, you know, late 90s, early noughties. And you're looking at your, you're picking... Oh God, is their eyes closed in that one? No, no, it's okay. We'll get that one printed. Yeah. And then you print it, then you get it sent back. Then you type up your caption, you'd stick it onto the back of the photo and you call a courier and you'd send it around to the newspapers. But but it did mean that there was, a, at least when stuff arrived, it was focused. You know, you okay, yeah. here's the stuff I have today. This is, the, this is all the communication I'm going to get this morning. Mm. And then you could move on and work. Whereas mm. now it's constant drip feed. It's like some sort of water torture. You know what I mean? It's no, just 100%. Dripping, dripping, and you see it. You. you see it with, you know, if you have someone on your team who's living on email. Do you yeah. get me? They're not like actually standing back and planning. Yes. Okay, what do I want to achieve here on the larger scale? And yes, mm. we all get sucked into email. Sure, that's the world we're in. But if you're always living on email, if you start your Monday morning going, what am I doing today? Let's check my emails. Mm. You're 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 in big trouble, in my opinion. You have to be able to stand back and say, "What do I want to achieve this week?" Okay, and then you're much it's much easier to go. Okay, I'm gonna you know you can send a holder email. I you know I'll come back to you on this. Can we yeah. schedule a call for next Thursday or whatever the case may be? But there's this instant, and you know 
we're in a, I'm in a client facing industry. There is an, an expectation of yes. oh, I haven't heard from them for two hours. Are, are, are they yes, there? Yeah. Where, where are they? You know, um, absolutely. So you, yeah. You, you know, you do have to manage that expectation. But um, I do think if you're living on email, if that's the way you're doing your working week, it's extremely challenging. Well, you become a doer and not a thinker, as you say. You're yeah, not really, no, you're not really thinking. You're not so, standing back. Yeah. So, so communications has the survey you carried out has shown that it has increased during the pandemic. But what what I took from it, my interpretation is it's not always useful, <laughs> and that's the problem. So it has increased greatly, but yeah, you know, people are not really feeling that it's super valuable. In a lot of cases, yeah, I mean, when you see figures like seventy-seven percent say it could be improved, yeah, you know that I think that's that internal communications can be improved. You're like, oopsie, you've definitely missed a trick here, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's really important, like like everything. If you think about, you know, we were told last March, go home, start working from home. Some mm. of us could, some of us never even considered the concept. Um, mm. I was fortunate in my business. I, I, you know, I had structures in place because I'm a small, agile business. I, working from home was not a challenge for me, but I saw many businesses that it was an, an exceptional challenge for. Um, and on top of that, they were told, uh, and now you need to communicate online with your, but they may never have done. They might have done town yeah. halls. Yeah. They would have had posters in the office or a notice board. And th- these are big companies, you know, they may oh, have had some sort of platform hanging around that they've never really used. And now all of a sudden they're like, okay, we have to put everything through this platform. But nobody stopped to think of what kind of content should we put out there? You know, should be, can we use video? Oh God, we can't use video, sure, we're all at home. Okay, we can't do that. We can't do that. Graphics, yeah. well, does anyone know anything about graphics? We're not going to do that either. So it's just reams of information being put <laughs> up or, um, with a link to somewhere else. And, you know, you might read the snippet, but you're not going to jump off and go somewhere else. Um, yeah, it's really, really challenging. But I, as I said earlier, like we have to treat internal comms like we treat external comms, which is what are your employees' profiles? Who are your employees? Are there different segments yeah. within your employees? So different demographics. Are you going to segment your content yeah. to ensure you achieve it across the, the company profiles? What's the right balance? You know, I would encourage all organizations, and a lot are petrified of this, but user-generated content. So getting your employees to have that two-way conversation, you know, that was another issue that came up, you know, as you know. Right. Yeah. So, so tell me how that would, I get, I get user-generated content. How does that work in internal comms? So there's so many platforms now that afford that, you know, you like, you have, even Yammer allows you to do that, but you know, you have, yeah. You know, there's a great platform built out of Cork um, called WorkVivo. It's a social intranet. So it allows you right. to um, to uh, have two-way communication. It's got like a wall in which you can attach actually all your content. So say, for example, yay, you just want a new client today and you can attach it to one of your goals. So okay, it's yeah, really yeah. clear, transparent, great way of communicating. And there's spaces on that platform where you can have everything from a book club to your sports and social to, you know, an outlet on how the company could be greener or sustainability in general. So there are platforms out there so, that afford it. We just need to be open to finding them. I, I can all 
ready here the anxiety <laughs> attacks happening in a lot of companies where they go sorry you're gonna let the the, the, the staff post anything they want you know because the traditional model yeah. is there's an internet and there's a framework for the internet and only the chosen few who've been given the golden keyboard get to to put content on the internet and what you're saying is that no this is this is more like a big old kind of meeting room where people can put up their own successes and and you know, start a dialogue. If you base, okay, I, I yes, 100% hear what you're saying, but you could also have that perception for external comms. You know, if in the late 90s, someone had said to me, we'll have these platforms where externally your customers can talk to you and everyone can see what they're saying. You'd be like, oh my God, are we gone mad? Why have we let that happen? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, so it's yeah. the same with internal comms. You know, you ha- there has to be a trust element. Obviously, there has to be some monitoring of the content, like there has to be on any social yeah. platforms. There needs to be social listening internally as well. So, mm. I, you know, there has to be a trust element and you have to, you know, one way of really doing it quite well is having comms champions. That doesn't mean it's your manager or the senior management team. It can be people on your team who have an appetite for communications. You know, maybe it's something yeah. they'd love to get into and you can help train them up to help then build out the team and give the team confidence. Because in the majority, what will happen is there'll be a few who'll say loads and loads will say nothing. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. As in who will never come forward because, oh God, I don't want to put my, I don't want to do that, you know. But like you want to encourage that. You want that trust and to build confidence in your employees. And the more open you are, you know, uh, and, and as long as you listen, I think something else that has come out is in the survey is there is lots of, talking happening but are we listening you know are people actually listening to what's being said and adapting their communications or adapting aspects so the danger is i think the only time it gets dangerous is if people are telling you something and you're not hearing it well then it could become an issue and you don't want it to become an issue so it's about managing um anything that's brought to your attention through internal communications but it's an, yeah, far yeah. more engaged. You know, there's lots of research out there showing how two-way communication um, in, ensures employee engagement. And it's ultimately for the benefit of the business. You're, you're being very generous saying 77% think that, you know, it, it could be improved. It's kind of, I know. for me, it's only 20, <laughs> 23% think it's okay. It's probably, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm not in PR. Um, do you think that's what would make the big shift is that listening and engaging and, and the two-way Yeah, element. and I, I mean, obviously not every company out there is going to invest in a platform overnight. That's, you know, there's all shapes and sizes and we're all yeah. involved in internal comms now. We're all remote, if not all our team, most of our team. Um, so, you know, email still has yeah. a home, but it could be something as simple as, you know, having scheduled time in the week. And, I, you know, I know it's a bit cliched at this point nearly because we've all been saying it for the last year, but, you know, making sure you do schedule that time for the coffee or the, the virtual coffee or whatever the case may be yeah. and ensuring that it's in a, a situation where people feel free and open to have a discussion. Even just how are you getting on? You know, this time we're in is yeah. it's not great. You know, <laughs> People are feeling the stress. People are anxious. No. Um, you know, there is... Uh, you know, we know that this hopefully is the last of this and we'll be seeing the back of it. But for now, yeah. there's a lot of balls in the air for a lot of people, be it, you know, whether they're trying to look after kids and work, whether they're trying to look after elderly parents and work. Um, 
are, you know, people living on their own. There's the isolation factor. And I think if as an organization, you can yeah. be aware of that and become, you know, the trusted source for your employees and show that empathy. I think that's vitally important. So do you have to set mm. up a social internet overnight? No baby steps, definitely. But don't just be the organization that the only time you communicate yeah. with your staff is when you're telling them something. You know, this is a new procedure. This is a new process. Yeah. This is, you know, this is what you need to do now. This is the objectives of the organization in a vacuum. You know, make sure there's an opportunity for dialogue, be it yeah. a video call, um, a one-on-one or at a team level. Um, and scheduling that time in. And I do think people also need to see the CEO yeah. right now. It, visit, visible leadership. And an opportunity yeah. to see the CEO. Oh, visible leadership is vitally important and you can't be behind an email doing that. I, I think actually just a thought of when you were saying that, you know, setting up that setting up that space for that communication. I, I actually think that we're quite good at communicating in Ireland in particular. Mm. And with WhatsApp, I actually think the space is going to be there whether you like it or not because they've probably set up a WhatsApp group uh, <laughs> and uh, they're probably talking in the absence of the of you curating that talk. Mm. You know, they're probably talking mm. anyway, um, but it's under, you know, it's 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 under the table and it's it's maybe not mm. as kind, uh, maybe not as compassionate mm. as it could be, because in that vacuum, it, something fills a vacuum, you know, and if you're not communicating that way. 100 percent. It's like yeah. everything, you know. What is issue management when it comes to communications? It's ensuring there's not a vacuum. Even if you don't have the answers to show you're listening, engaging and trying to solve the situation. That's vitally important. It's the exact same in internal comms. You're dead right. If you're not not, um, engaged in the situation, it's going to grow legs and arms and everything else. You'll have no control over it. You won't be able to hear it because you won't be given the opportunity. And it'll become a much bigger issue than you ever thought it could be. Or it would have been yeah. if you'd been able to be part of the conversation. Recently, I had the opportunity to 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 record a video with with a, a CEO that was going out to their staff, and, and it was it was for a training course. But you know, without having to become you know the perfect on camera communicator, how can a CEO be visible? Uh, you know, especially when you have a kind of a larger, it's okay when you have a small group, but when you have a larger group and you maybe want to record videos and that type of thing. Is there any tips or tricks that you would have that you've seen people do that 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 make I, this easier? I think what can help is if you interview the CEO on camera. So even if it was two people, it could be virtually done. Yes. Rather than leaving the CEO talk on their own, okay. because, yes, they're not all very comfortable in that. But if you have someone interviewing them, asking the questions, it becomes more natural yeah. and less still to kind of talking to the camera. <laughs> yeah. It's more natural conversational. You know what I mean? So, um I think that can really help. I think as well, though, don't be afraid to bring the human element in. You know, if the CEO says, you know, I'm not used to this now, this is new for me, we'll immediately forgive them. You know, we don't expect them to be movie stars and Mm. polished on camera, but everyone likes the human element. Yeah. You know, I I really think that's important to communicate as well um, because it's more relatable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 very true. Do you think companies are open to hearing, properly hearing what's going on or is it lip service? You know, so oh, Susie told me the other day, I better start listening. So I better tick that box of listening. Yeah. But again, I go back to authenticity. If you're saying we really listen, but nothing's actually changing or happening. Are you really listening? And I'm not yeah. saying obviously there'll be requests 
for things that are just not feasible. But even saying, look, I hear you. Yeah. Um, well, definitely that won't be a short term change, you know, yeah. but it's something we will look at. We'll investigate further and I'll update you, you know, so there's no mm. point in saying, oh, we listened and we've set up a group, but that group just becomes a whole other silo and you've no information as to what's happening within that group. That group needs to communicate back to whomever initially raised it or if it's a wider company thing. OK, updates from that group. And that could be as simple as that could be an email or it could be uh, a video or it could be, um, you know, a quick infographic. These are the key findings we had, but something. So there's no point. It's, you know, we're all very jaded yeah. when we hear, oh, there's a group being set up to investigate what X, Y, and Z. We're like, really? Is there? Are we ever going to hear from that group? Again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I think it's it's continuous communication, active listening and continuous communication. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, if, it, it, there's, it, it does take time and work and it's just people have to invest that time because it's so important for employee engagement. And I think, you know, look, I sound very jaded you know, I'm, I'm the grumpy old man here, but, it, you know, I, I do think that the Gen Z and the millennials, the, actually less so the millennials, they're getting a bit like grumpy old men as well, <laughs> but more, more so the Gen Z. They do expect action to be taken now. I do think they are quite activist. When something gets going, they expect action to be taken. I don't think companies have that luxury of not taking action with this new new group. But it's again, it's the vacuum, Right. Some things will take time as long as you're communicating, managing expectations. Again, going back to even what I was saying earlier, when you're working with someone, if they say I'll have something to you on Monday and you hear nothing and it's, yeah. it's the exact same concept. You know what I mean? Like if I'll only become really activated if I feel ignored. Yeah, yeah. If there's a pro- I may become frustrated at some point. Obviously, you don't have endless time, but you do need to be honest as well. If it's not if it's not doable, there has to be a valid reason why. You can't just say, oh, I hear you. We're looking into it and then never yeah, hear from that yeah. person again. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's a tough one. I thought what was really interesting about about the survey, just just one of the last things I want to talk about was the goals. Yeah. That 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 people talking about their goals, they said it was a quarter of employees mm. are unclear about their about their business goals. Now, I, I kind of thought, actually, God, that's surprisingly good. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> but, you know, especially with SMEs, you know, mm. I, I think, you know, the majority of, of Irish industry isn't actually big corporates. It's SMEs. 100%. This is, you know, yeah. less than 250 employees. Yeah. I, I nearly forgive big corporates for the employees not understanding the goals because they can get so big. Yeah. These and, 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 you know, they're like they're like kind of crazy spiders. Yeah. They have so many legs. I can understand when people get lost in a big corporate. But for a company that only has 250 employees or less, mm. there is no excuse, really, for everybody knowing, not knowing what the purpose is, what the goals are, what we really, really want to achieve this mm. year. No, agreed. You know, but what, what do they need to do to change that? Unfortunately, it comes down to, you know, the basics, looking at, um, and I suppose, you know, the survey we is to highlight our internal wire service that we offer clients. So when we go into an organization, one of the first things we do is a communications audit. How are you actually communicating with your key stakeholder, your employees? Um, and that yeah. can tell a lot because sometimes they think they are communicating. I've told, we've given them this, that, but how have you told them? How have you told yeah. them? Have they actually, you know, the challenge with email, especially if it's just from, you know, your your standard email, um, your Outlook or whatever, you can't measure it. What, have people read it? Mm. How many people click through to whatever the click through might have been? 
you know, was there actual, yeah. what was the response rate like? You can't measure any of that. So you're like, well, I sent an email. Um, the first question is, did they read it? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, yeah, I think so. Or they mind if yeah, I, yeah. you know. I asked the three people outside my exactly, office, did they read it? Exactly. And, and they said they did. And they said they did. because <laughs> um, they helped write it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, there is, there is that challenge. You do have to, like, a communications audit is vital. It's like everything, you know. Um, you you have to just look at what you have. I, I, I'm not a proponent of going in and just saying, it's this way. Or, there's no other way to do it. You have to look at the organization, look at the organization's objectives, look at their communications and how they're communicating them, and then build out platforms and approach to help them achieve what they want to achieve. Mm. Um, you know. And n- not every company will need the same thing because exactly. they have different, if you're in the manufacturing or if you're in retail, exactly. you know, it's always going to have a different nuance, isn't it? 100%, you know, so... You know, and you need leadership alignment, obviously. There's no point in going in and dealing with, you know, maybe your HR manager or your marketing manager. And, you know, they're not being C-level investment in improving the situation because, you know, it's not, it needs to be leader driven. The change, yeah. the step change in how you communicate. Um, and you, you just it's I just think the audit is vitally important because we're we're definitely all doing some form of internal communication now. Sometimes that involves the leader changing, though. This isn't just changing the communication. Mm. This is the leader taking a long, hard look at themselves. Have you ever come across a situation where you're kind of going, here's what this company needs communication wise, but the leader is the leader ready for this? There can be. Yes, agreed. And a lot of it actually can just be basic human. I don't want to go on video. God, these people are going to come in and tell me I have to go on a video. Oh, I'm not letting that happen. Yeah. You know, and it is about bringing the leaders on the journey as well, as well, you know, to show them mm. the value in actually taking this approach. It's not just communications for communication's sake. It's for the benefit of the whole business. You talked about internal wire. So just t- tell tell us about what, what that is. This, That's our act- Is this a process or is this a system? It's a system, I suppose, but I don't want anyone to think it's, you know, it's our approach, our overall approach to how we would look at your internal comms. Some people will just need one aspect of it. Some will need the full. So we start off obviously looking at the business objectives. So we have to do a strategy deep dive. We have to understand your organization because as you rightly yeah. said, one size does not fit all. You know, we need to understand your business, your objectives. And then the audit is looking at leadership alignment, um, employment, em- employee input. That's vitally important. You know, you need mm. buy-in from your from your stakeholder that they're going to be yeah. part of this process. So that's where comms champions, for example, could be very useful if you bring them in and bring them on the process and then they go back to the teams, especially in big organizations. Um, You know, and it's not just top down, it's at a grassroots level as well, which is much more, which is really important. Um, um, A channel review, which is obviously looking at how you're currently communicate content as well. You know, are you only writing big, long emails? A majority of your workforce is 25 year olds who do nothing but look at videos all day long. You know, yeah, if it's not if it's not over in four seconds, yeah. you've lost me. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know, I'm a lot older than that, but I still love looking at videos much so than reading. I know, a big I do. Long, you know, I've you, done my fair share of endless scrolling. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and then we look at the framework. So what framework do we want to build out for you? Um, and it could be something as simple as looking at 
you know, a, a newsletter of some description or something like that. I, I don't want people to think it has to be overly complicated. It doesn't. It just needs to yeah. work for your organization. Um, we what we find very useful actually to do with our clients is what we call an editorial workshop. So what content would you like to communicate? What can you communicate? And a lot of times you'll find there's so much opportunity that they just actually haven't thought about, you know, even away days when they used to happen or things that mm. would happen online. You know, you can record a Zoom um, as long as everyone's yeah. OK with that. Record a Zoom and push it out there, you know, or push yeah. snippets yeah. out there. Loads of tools online. You do not need to be a graphic designer or, you know, a videographer to do the basics. Um, obviously, it would be, it's nice to have that high end collateral as well. But, you know, yeah. I think what we've all learned in the last year is because everything is now digital, content doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be relevant. Mm. Yeah. So if. Yeah. Some of the most popular videos, you know, they're not high production. No, they're just they're, they're just on point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just on point. So yeah. um, and then sometimes we have organizations who want a whole separate visual identity and branding for, you know, if they're doing a big rollout of a new internal comms approach. And then you look at content creation and content creation can really come from from your this is where the user generated piece can come in. So we've done content playbooks with our clients where we help educate um, the employees as to what kind of content they can produce. We all have mobile yeah. phones. It's really easy to do. Yeah. And not to be afraid of it. Um, yeah. And building content out in advance of launch. So having it there and showing people the kind of content that right. works. Sticky content that you want to see and read. But has all the key messages the corporate want to get across as well. And one thought that struck struck me there when you were talking as well, like, you know, one of the challenges at a business level is, is cross collaborations and breaking down silos between departments. Mm. And it sounds to me like this would be a great way to do it because we begin to trust other departments or other colleagues in, in places that we don't normally work when we see them. Yeah, exactly. You know, not when we read about it in an email, no. but when we see themselves, you yeah. know, that's when we actually start to make that connection. So I think that's a, a an added benefit of, of that type of, of communication style is, is, is actually you start to, to properly build bonds across departments. So and in a time when we're not even breezing by people in the, in the office, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. And the way they now is uh, meeting somebody in Aldi by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I suppose the key yeah. to it all then is like measurements and evaluation, constant measurements and evaluation. Like yeah. what is working, what isn't working? You're not always going to get it perfect, but it's making sure you do know what resonates. Okay, that didn't work. We won't do that again. We need to adapt that. Susie, where can people find more about you and your company? So our web address is springboardcommunications.ie and we're on LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter as well. But, you know, we share information. We try and keep people up to date on different forms of content. So and we're very open if you want to reach out and have any other questions on the internal wire. You can do that um, on the internal wire page on Springboard Communications. And actually the survey you discussed, we have an ebook of our findings as well on our website. Susie, thanks very much for coming on the Good Boss, Bad Boss podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks a million. Susie has some great insights there. I actually loved the conversation around starting your own business too, as well as the communications piece. Could we all work on our internal communications? Yes, I think so. Are you ready for staff generated communications being freely used? 
Well, the challenge is different depending on your business and how many people you need to engage with. But I think Susie had some great advice for everyone. Thank you for listening. It really means a lot. Don't forget to share or recommend to your friends and all previous episodes are available on my website www.stephennorton.com or on whatever platform you're listening to right now. I love getting feedback about which episodes you've enjoyed so do contact me and connect. You can find more from me on Instagram at goodbossbadbosspodcast. That's it for now. I'll be back next month with another Good Boss Bad Boss guest. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.